forgiveness. I'd be willing to guess that we all have somebody that if we just take a few moments to think about it for a second, we all have somebody that we need to forgive. Today, uh, we are in week two of this series called Red, where we're looking at the words of Jesus, and he's going to teach us something today about forgiveness. And uh, we're, not, we're looking at the words he said, not just when he was on earth, but we're actually focusing in on some of the words he said while on the cross, and he said some pretty powerful words about forgiveness. But if you think about it, I, I think we could all call to mind at least one person, maybe more, of people that we need to forgive. And the scale could be extreme. I mean, it could be from something very slight to something extreme. I mean, it could be something where maybe you just had a little bickering little conversation today with your spouse. Or, or it could be something, you know, like a coworker or a relative or a friend or enemy or frenemy. Or, and, you know, we just have these things with these people and we, we have some unforgiveness in our heart. I mean, think about it for a minute. If you just were to sit and just think about it, are there some names that are already coming to your mind of people that you are... Let me just say this. I don't even want to say, are there some people you need to forgive? Because we, sometimes in my mind, I want to go, no, there's nobody. So let me just rephrase that. Are there some people in your life that you are holding some unforgiveness towards? Oh. Oh, okay, well, that's different. Are there some people in your life that you have unforgiveness towards them? Because I think we all have somebody. And there's two responses that we can have. When somebody offends us, offends us, when somebody does something against us, towards us, and it hurts us, it costs us, it, 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 it affects us in a way, we have two ways we can respond. And one way, I think, is the way that is the most natural, and it's the one we see the most, and it's one that I operate in way too often, and it's this idea of, if you've wronged me, then you deserve to pay. You deserve to get something back. You deserve to, to reap the, the, not benefit, but the, the example of whatever you did to me, it needs to come back to you. It needs to, you need to hurt if I hurt. You need to, if, if you were in, if I was inconvenienced, you need to be inconvenienced. And the scale can be from one extreme to the next. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you a story about my husband Drew, and he's not here to defend himself today, but I would tell this even if he were here. I've watched my husband shoot baskets into basketball goals, and he's pretty good at it. But for some reason, every now and then, the shirt doesn't make it in the hamper. <laughs> it, it happens every now and then. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something. This is, I'm talking about a scale here, and you're going to see. I'm talking about this scale on this side for a minute. But there are times when I'll walk in the room, and I'll see a shirt on the floor, and there's something inside of me that wants to be like, well, he should have picked the shirt up. And I'm, so I'm going to leave the shirt there. I'll show him because he deserves to pick that shirt up himself. What is wrong with me? Some of you are thinking, nothing's wrong with you, Shannon. We're all, we all do that. I hope I'm not the only one. See, there's times when if something happens and it's going to inconvenience us, we think, well, you need to do it. They need to pay. It needs to come back to them. And it can be extreme. And it can be slight. But there's something inside of us, and I said it's the most natural response. Because when we operate in our flesh, that is what's going to happen every time is a natural response. You hurt me, then you need to be hurt back. And there's this Old Testament rule that's been around, a law for a long time. We, you've probably heard it, an eye for a... 
A tooth for a... That means if you, you take my eye, then your eye is going to be taken. You knock out my tooth, your tooth is going to get knocked out. And you think, well, that's really primitive. But just last week in Iran, there was a guy who had, had put acid in another man's face and caused him to go blind. And just last week, that blind man through the court allowed them to gouge out the eye of the offender. Eye for an eye. So it's still happening today. When you hurt me, then you need to be hurt back. When you offend me, you need, to, you need to pay for this. And this is the natural response. When somebody hurts us, this is how we respond. But there is another response. There is another option that we can look at today. And it's one that I think Jesus models for us. Um, and it's this, and I want you to he- hear this. Here's the other option. Instead of you need to pay for hurting me, it's this. God forgave me, so I'll forgive you. God forgave me, so I'll forgive you. I mean, think about that. Try to apply that to the person that you you called up in your mind, that you have unforgiveness towards. God has forgiven me, so I'm going to forgive you. Real easy to do, right? Not at all. Not at all. But Jesus modeled this for us. I I explained to you last week a little bit of what Jesus endured before he got up on the cross. But we know he was beaten. We know he was humiliated. We know he was tortured to an inch of his life. They, they they, They did just horrendous things to him. He was, to the point physically, he was unrecognizable. And he is up on this cross. And while he's on this cross, he's looking down. And it's not like all his best friends there. The people that are there are the accusers. The people who are there just for sport, they want to see somebody be tortured. The religious leaders who blamed him and set this whole thing into motion and wanted him up there. The soldiers who beat him, they were all standing there. This is who Jesus is looking out on. And while he's up on the cross looking down at the people who are responsible for him being up there, he says to them, he says to God about them, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them they know not what they're doing father forgive them jesus models another option for us instead of oh you put me up here well you're going to get up here i'm going to find a way you're going to you're going to pay because here's what i would have said if i were up there i would have said father in heaven would you please wipe all these people out right now? Just, just lay them out. Just, just knock them down. Could you cause them all to burst into flames or something right now? Can I please watch that? It would be quite enjoyable, God, for me to watch these people who have just done this to me to watch them hurt too. This is what we do. This is our natural response. But Jesus gives us another option. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Now, I don't know uh, where you are on this scale that I mentioned. As I said, is there someone you need to forgive? It might be a, a slight offense, something that you probably will get over, or it could be something that is just deep, and it's decades old, and it is painful, and you might even be irritated with me, the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you about forgiveness today, and you recalling some of the offenses that have been done to you. You might be thinking, Shannon, you just need to sit down and shut up because you don't know. And you're right, I don't. I have no idea. But God does. 
And he's offered us another way. He's offered us another way. So think about this. Who do you need to forgive? Because Jesus has taken, taken this, when somebody hurts you, he's taken our response to a whole other level. Instead of you're just going to get it back, it's now forgiveness. I mean, he's really raised the ante here. He's, he's really upped this. Who do we need to forgive? Who do we need to forgive? And if you're like me, you might be thinking, there's got to be a cutoff, right? At some point... I mean, I can forgive, but up to a point. And then after that, it's like they're doomed, right? There, there, there should be a cutoff point for some things and some people and, and what they've done and how they've acted that just no more forgiveness, right? It's got to be in there. It's got to be somewhere in this Bible. It's got to be somewhere in the law. And the disciples of Jesus, actually, they, they uh, struggled with this. They were wondering about this, this idea of forgiveness, because Jesus is talking to them about, you know, if someone hits you in one cheek, turn and offer them the other one. And they're thinking to themselves, what is this about? This goes against the natural reaction when I've been hurt. This goes against the old law that says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. What are you talking about, Jesus? And they asked him, and they were like, how do you forgive, and, and to what lengths should you forgive? And, that, and this passage plays out in Matthew uh, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. It's this, this example, this story of the disciples asking Jesus and his response to them. He's like, no, this is what forgiveness looks like. And instead of me reading this passage to you, sometimes I'm, I'm a visual learner. So I thought, instead of me reading the passage, let's just watch it together. So let's look at this together. and he saw Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, how many times do we have to forgive? A little? No. A jillion and twenty? Whoa, that's a lot. I know that is. That kind of reminds me of the Lord's Prayer. Forget, forgive others as Forgive others as I'm forgiving you. We will forgive our debtors as I will forgive you. That's in the Lord's Prayer. Then Jesus said, I need to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a king, and he said, you, he said to his servant, you had to pay me lots and lots and lots of money. Now give me it. I don't have any. Then I will send your, then you must send your, your whole family out to slavery and give me the money that you can owe me. No, no, please, 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 please. Mm. I'll do anything. Actually, can I sing you a song? Eh, go ahead. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go, turn away and slam the door. Here I stand, and here I stay, let the storm rage on. 
and the master said, okay, I, would forgive, I will forgive you. And then the servant said, thank you, you're the best king ever! And he went jumping up and jumping up and down. And then he, when he went in outside, he saw somebody who owed him a little bit of money. He grabbed him by the neck and, and shaked him around and said, you will owe me all that money that you, that you owe me. Stop joking. Then the mean old man told the little guy to pay him. You will pay me $1,020 or else you will be thrown in jail. Then he said, please, please, please forgive me. No way. Now give me all the money. Two pennies is not that much at all. Can I sing you a song instead? Let it go. Let it go. I don't know any of it. Stop singing that song. I feel bad for the person that got choked in the story. Because it's mean. You can die that way. It hurts and you can't breathe. If they're strong enough. Then after the servant said, please let me go, he said, no, I'm going to put you in jail so you can owe all the money you owe me. And then so he put him in jail. And then the servants healed. And then the servants heard they were, they were surprised. They went to their king and they said what happened. And the king ordered for the for that slip for that servant to come back and he said, Didn't I give you mercy? And the um, slave said, yeah. Yes. And so he said, Well you didn't give other people mercy. So, so you're in big trouble. So you're going in jail. <sighs> Um, I'm sad about the survey they got through, through in, in jail. And you only for your food, you only get to have bread. You would have frozen water, which the white witch, with the white witch would have in Narnia. I think he'll frozen have to wait until it melts. He'll have to wait until it melts. There's gonna be a lot of days. A lot. More like two days. Or if there was forks, you could just poke the ice and get to the water. Well, but there was no forks and spoons in In that moment. There's no such thing as There were sporks and, and water. For you nice. could use sporks and storks and, and fire. Dwarfs? Yeah, and fire. This is what it's like in jail. Then the king said, "When I, if I forgive you, why don't you forgive the other people? Then Jesus said, if you don't forgive your brothers and sisters, you, God won't be happy. Since he forgives you, you should forgive other people. Is that right? Then. <laughs> That, that video will be up on Facebook at 12.15, so I know you want to share it with people. So, I'm a visual learner. That helps me to understand that story better. Maybe you too. There are two really good lessons we can learn out of this passage. 
And the first one is this. The debtor, the person that has offended you, cannot always repay. It's very likely that they will not be able to repay you for the offense done against you. Because it's most likely not even about money. And so what has been done to you, what has been said to you, what has occurred, it might just be that they will never, ever be able to repay. You know, one of the things you hear a lot uh, when, you, when you watch um, trials and things and, and someone has lost a family member and the person that was responsible finally gets up and, and, and they're, they're declared guilty um, and they're going to be going away to prison forever or life sentence, you know, death penalty, whatever. What you often hear the offended family say is, it's never going to bring my loved one back. I'm glad justice was served, but it's not going to bring my loved one back. You hear this over and over again. You see these interviews with people. Because the reality is, is that nothing that that person who, who caused that death, there's nothing they could do that could bring that other person back to life. So when you have someone who has offended you, who has hurt you, has said something, done something, maybe they didn't say what they should have said, Maybe, maybe they didn't do what they said they were going to do. You have an offense against you. It is very likely that that person that you've been thinking of, that name, it's very likely they will never be able to repay you, ever. And too many of us, I think, somewhere in the back of our minds, we're thinking, I'm just going to get repaid one day, and then I'll, and it'll be done, and I can let it go, and it'll finally be over. But the reality is, is that it's so very likely they will never be able to repay, ever. Maybe they're not even living anymore. Maybe they're not around anymore. Maybe you've separated your life from them. You don't want anything to do with them anymore. It's impossible for them to, to come in and make right what they hurt, what they destroyed. So we need to understand that. That's one reality of this. And so if you've been waiting to get repaid, it's not going to happen. Not from the offender. And the other point that we need to learn from this, the other lesson from this is this, is that the, here's the hear this, please. The offended, the one who has had something done to them, who has been hurt, who has had something taken from them, whatever it is, the offended, that's, that's us if we're thinking today about if we have unforgiveness to someone, we've been offended. The offended can always show mercy. Always show mercy. The offended can always show mercy. Not sometimes, not occasionally, not when you feel like it, not if the other person is repentant. Not if the other person says, I'm so sorry, 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 please forgive me. That's not, you have the option to always forgive. And so we should all just get up now and rainbows and butterflies and everyone will go out and forgive and everything's done, right? Because it's so easy, right? (laughs) I love you, Drew Black. I don't have three steps to offer you this morning on how you can forgive and you go out and do it and then everything's perfect. I don't have it and, 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 and it, it'd be impossible for me to offer that to you. But we have the option of always showing mercy. Jesus modeled this for us. He didn't stay on the cross and say, take them all out, God. Have them be tortured the way I have just been tortured. He didn't do that. He's, he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. He modeled the opportunity that you and I have to show mercy. The story that he told his disciples because they couldn't wrap their mind around how do you forgive and to what lengths should you forgive. He told them the story we just watched. And you always have the option to forgive. And, he, and it, gets even, it gets even more serious when he says, how can you allow God to forgive you and you not offer forgiveness towards others? 
We can always show mercy. It might not seem logical, and it certainly will not seem natural. It will not feel natural to forgive. But if you don't, and you, you might have seen this uh, come out this week in Facebook or through the app, but it's this thought. Unforgiveness is like you taking drinks every now and then, every, once or twice a day, of poison, expecting the other person to die. This is what unforgiveness is. You holding unforgiveness in your heart is like you drinking poison and yet expecting the other person to die. This is what happens. We shouldn't hold this in. We shouldn't maintain this this mentality of unforgiveness towards others because, you've heard me say this a lot, if we call ourselves followers of Christ, he has modeled something for us that we have the option to take part in, and that is to show mercy, and that is to offer forgiveness even if they haven't asked for it. So think about this idea of unforgiveness being a prison that we're locking ourselves in. We've put ourselves in it, harboring something against others, expecting to be repaid, not being repaid, not being repaid to the extent that we would like to be repaid, and we're putting ourselves in a prison, and we're locking the door, and we're just sitting in there. Forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness takes us out of that prison. Forgiveness knocks that that cup of poison down and says no more. This is what forgiveness does. And I and so who what about you? Who are you? Who do you have unforgiveness towards? And you haven't been able to to offer it. You haven't been able to to even get to that point. Because if you're a follower of Christ, then at some point along this journey, you have brought your sins to God and said, God, please forgive me. Thank you for Jesus who makes a way for the forgiveness of sins. And you have received that forgiveness. You love that forgiveness. You want to be all covered up in that forgiveness, right? Thank you, God, because I have offended you and others so much. And we want that forgiveness, yet we we don't offer it to others. Who do we need to forgive? And I know this. I, I, I touched on this a second ago. I understand that as we talk about this, there are some major offenses that have occurred to some of you. I mean, horrible, nightmarish offenses that have happened. Negligent parents or uh, an unfaithful spouse or sexual abuse or, or just being bullied to the point of, of you just want to take your life or the tragic death of a loved one at someone else's hands. I mean, these are tremendous, hurtful, painful things. And it's so very hard to forgive that. It's so very difficult to do that. How do we do that? Is there a way? What do we do when that offense is so great that, that you are very irritated at me because I'm sitting here telling you to forgive that? And it's not me that's telling you. I'm offering you an example that Jesus set for us to live in, to start, that goes against our natural instinct, and that is to forgive, to show mercy. I want you to hear this because I don't have the three steps. I don't have them. But I have this one point that I really, really, really want you to hear. And I would just, 
It is so true. I'm walking in this truth. I'm praying that the people that I have offended are walking in this truth, and this is it. God's love, God's love for you is greater than any offense that has ever been done to you. God's love for you is greater than any offense that has ever been done to you. Please hear that. Because you have probably been focusing on the offense and how great it may be. I just want you to understand that God's love is greater than that. His love is immense for you. The opportunity for him to start to bring healing in your life is is immense. It's huge. And it is so much bigger than the offense. His love is greater than anything that's ever been done to you. You know, it's hard to even hear that. It's hard to start to believe that, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard because our natural instinct is to say no. And you deserve, you deserve bad. You deserve pain. That's the natural. We're talking about the spiritual. We're talking about the example Jesus set for us and he offers to us to walk in forgiveness. His love is greater than any offense that's ever been done to us. And here's the thing, as Jesus was on that cross, the only thing he could do was pray. And so that's where I want us to start. If you're sitting here thinking, okay, yes, I have some names in my head. I have been, I've had some things happen and I, I've been in that prison. I've been, I've been just throwing the, the poison back. Yep, I understand that. I'm recognizing that, okay. All right. God's love is bigger than what's been done to me, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to try and agree with this, okay? Here I go. Now what? Prayer is the beginning of this. It's the beginning. And all I want to ask of you today, and you know, and all the big like church leadership people say that you're not supposed to issue a challenge to people in church because they don't like that word challenge because they think they might not be able to live up to it and then they feel let down and they don't know if they can do it or not and oh no, it's kind of like giving a ribbon to everybody. I'm going to give you a challenge anyway. And I hope you'll be willing to step up to it. And it's this. Can you just start where Jesus gave us the example Can you just start with prayer for the names of the people that you've recalled in your mind already this morning? And here's how how the kind of prayer it could be. I've prayed these kind of prayers before. God, I know I'm supposed to pray for so-and-so because we talked about it today in church, but I really don't want to pray for them. Amen. That might be the beginning. That could be the very beginning of that prayer. And you know what? The next day it might be, God, I'm supposed to Walk in forgiveness like you've given to me. And so today, God, I'm praying for so-and-so. I mean, it, it could be this, this generic, this basic, this simple at the beginning because it is hard to pray for people who have hurt you. Jesus did it, though. And he was hanging there in 
just complete humility, stripped down, so vulnerable, and making eye contact with those who had offended him, he prayed a prayer of forgiveness. And if he can do that, can't we in the privacy of our home or in our car or wherever we are, maybe we never, maybe we never lock eyes with that person ever again. And that's okay. Maybe we never have to share the same oxygen again with them. That's okay. But if Jesus could do what he did, is it possible that you and I could just start at that place of saying, Father, I know I'm supposed to forgive and I haven't been forgiving. Would you please help me to start to forgive? Would you change my heart? I mean, honest prayers are, are amazing prayers. God, I hate this person and I'm not supposed to. Such an honest prayer. God, I don't even want their name to roll off my tongue right now. But you know their name. These are the kind of prayers. Can we start there? Can, can we start there? Because I believe this, and I think this has been said so many times, and who knows who ever originated this, but it's this, this truth, that prayer rarely changes the other person. It doesn't always change them, but it changes you. It will change you. Prayer doesn't always change the, the situation or the person. They might not run to repentance. They might not run and ask for your forgiveness, but prayer for the people that have had an offense against you, you start to pray for them, and it will start to change you. And Jesus gave us this example. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, think about this. It was mentioned in this, in this story as well. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. Hear this, you can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. We've got to do this. How can we bask in the forgiveness of God and yet not offer it to others? It's got to start happening. And I challenge you to start with prayer, to start praying for that person. Because I know this, folks, God wants to set us free. He does not want us to live in this prison. He does not want us to live in this place where we are closed off and hard and calloused. Because as we know, as you know, if we live in that, it's going to affect the people around us that we actually do like. Much less the, the person that we we're, we're have this unforgiveness towards. And it's never going to end. The cycle will continue. We've got to be set free. And God wants to do that. And it, the example was given through Jesus Christ. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. Would you pray with me? Father, I just pray right now for every one of us in here. Lord, this is such a hard thing to deal with. It is so hard, Lord. It is, it is hard because we have been hurt. We have been damaged. We have um, been discouraged. It has set our life on a course we did not ever want to be on. God, for, for what a lot of people have brought in here today and their stories, Lord, of being offended, of being hurt, of being abused. Father, I thank you that you know their stories. 
that nothing is hidden from you. You are fully aware of the, of the needs of your sons and daughters in here this morning. Fully aware. And God, I just pray that by your power, by your spirit, that we would just start to take a step. We would just even start that, that difficult step today, Lord, of forgiveness. And it would start through prayer. Lord, even if we don't feel like it, we are going to just trust that, that the example that your son Jesus has given us is the best example we could ever follow. Lord, we want to believe the truth of your gospel. We want to we want to we want to live in what Jesus did. You've given us that example. Lord, I pray that we would start to choose forgiveness today. Lord, that you would help us to start to forgive those who have offended us. Help us, God, to do that. God, that you would do something in our heart that we have been unable and probably unwilling to do is to forgive. Lord, we want to be set free today. We need to be set free today. If we really want to live in the life that you have for us, God, we need to be set free from unforgiveness today. So God, thank you for the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ that even gives us the opportunity right now to pray and know that you hear our prayers. Lord, would you help us to forgive others? We need your help. We need your presence. We need your Holy Spirit presence in our lives as we start to walk out what does not come natural. We need it. Do something in our hearts this morning, Lord, that we could never do on our own. And it's in the name of the one who forgives. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.